Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. It's a pleasure to be in the company of those who are in the pursuit of happiness. Pursuit will take us through a series of rabbinic sources which will in, in turn lead to certain psychological truths, the combination of which I hope will en- enhance our ability to experience happiness. And in reality, it's an appropriate preparation for the holiday of Shavuos, which as we know from the sphere and it will be with us in 10 days. The Rambam and the laws of Yom Tov teaches us in the sixth parak, Halacha Chaf, when a person eats and drinks on a, on a holiday, he should not think that the more wine that I drink and the more levity that I experience is an enhanced fulfillment of the mitzvah of Simcha of joy on the holiday. To the contrary, drunkenness and levity it's not simcha at all. It's holiness and sichlus. It's frivolity and ultimately stupidity. This is not what we were commanded to do. Rather, the type of joy which has within it avodas yotzer hakol. Joy which is the service of the Creator. And the proof text quoted by the Rambam, a pasuk in the middle of the Tochacha, not yesterday's tochacha, but the tochacha in Dvarim and Kisava. As it says, Tachat Ashloavata, as Hashem Alokecha Besimcha, Uvatuvleva Merov Kol. The punishments come to the people of Israel because they do not serve Hashem with joy and with goodness of heart. Merov Kol. Literally from an abundance of all that is good. We learn from here to the Ramam Holamadata. That the way one serves God is through joy. It's impossible to serve God. Not from joking or from levity or from intoxication. Hence, since we know that simcha is a form of service of Hashem, by definition, it cannot refer to these negative character, traits, and activities, but rather must refer to something else. But what's not completely clear is what is it something else. It's more of a negative definition. It's not this, it's not this, it's not, then what is it? That's what we're here to discuss this morning. In the Sefer Amek Bracha, written by one of the uh, extraordinary Talmidim of the Briskarov and the Chazanish, in his piece on Simchas Yom Tov, he asks a question. What is the definition of Simchas Yom Tov? And he cites a Gemara in Masechta Erechin, Daf Yud Aleph Medbeis, quoting the exact same pasuk that the Rambam quoted, the pasuk in, in Kisavo, and the emphasis on the words B'Simcha Uvetuv Levov. What is an Avoda which is B'Simcha Uvetuv Levov? This is Shira. So so writes the Gemara, Shira, Shira, which is song. Says Rashi, this is the famous Rashi which was made famous by MBD, those who have the, uh, the tapes from years ago. Ain Adam Shar Shira Elamitoch Simcha, 
Vitzuv Leva. And he quotes a Pasuk. So you have to have this concept of Simcha and Tuv Levav to be able to reach the level of Shira, of Song, which apparently is the highest level. Ask the Gemara. Maybe it's Torah. Who says you need Simcha? Maybe it's just Torah. After all, Pikudei Hashem Yishorim Misam Chelev. Says the Gemara, yes, it's called Misam Chelev, but it's not called Tov. I'm not sure what that means. We have many places where Torah is called Tov, but this is not one of them. It's not called Tov. Maybe it's Bikurim. We mentioned before there's a prep for Shavuos. Right? There's the Bikurim. Maybe the Bikurim is considered to be what leads to Simcha. As it says in the Torah, V'samachta b'chol ha-tov. In Pashat's Kisava. You see the word Simcha and the word Tov. Answers the Gemara, it's true. It's true. Tov Ikri. Bikurim is called Tov. But Tov Levov, Lo Ikri. So you have three different expressions. You have Simcha, and you have Tov, and you have Levov. Right? As the Pesach says, Tachat Shlovat Hashem Alkecha B'Simcha U'V'Tov Levov. Three separate expressions. If you have these three separate expressions, you've reached the proper level, then you're ready to say Shira. So what does that mean? What are the words, what do these things refer to? No explanation is given in the Sefer uh, Amek Brocha. It just says that Halal is the fulfillment of, of, of Simcha and Shira. And he says, whatever other things are making you happy on the holiday, don't forget about the Mitzvah Simcha Siyantif. If you're dancing on Kofas, on Shemini Atzeres, don't forget that aside from the Simcha Satoh, you have to have a Simcha Siyantif, which in a sense transcends the specifics of the Simcha Satoh. That's what he says in Amek Brocha. Perhaps we can suggest as follows. What is considered to be tov? Good. Tov could refer to physical bounty. In the vernacular, what's good is in the physical world. You made a lot of money, that's good. And therefore it's appropriate. The Samachta Bachola Tov has reference to Bikurim. Bikurim is you've had a successful harvest, now you bring a Bikurim. So the word tov itself means in the physical world. What is lev? Lev is the heart. Lev is the pneumius. Lev is the inside. That has reference to the spirituality. So bikurim is tov. And Torah, which is spiritual, is lev. In order to be in a situation where shira is appropriate, you need simcha, Vituv Levov, Nerov Kol. Perhaps the word Kol means a combination of both. You have both a physical blessing and a spiritual blessing, and this combination of Tov and Lev is a Mechaev, is something which warrants and compels, if you will, our bursting out into song, as the Pesach is called, the Aronimi Tov Lev. You need both. The Tov is the physical, the labor is spiritual, you have both it, it should lead you to song if you're not singing then you're not serving Hashem in joy despite the fact that you've been giving both physical and spiritual blessings chalila v'chas, it could lead to a tochacha to, to, to klolos because you're not recognizing Hashem despite the bracha that He has showered upon you both physically and spiritually 
you'll ask, if this is the case, how come so many people are unhappy? We're living in times that most of us, there are certainly notable exceptions, that most of us have our basic physical needs. Spiritually, we try to think that we're living in a generation where we're able to achieve spiritual pursuits which our ancestors could only dream about. They were so busy working, crushing work schedules, and they had no conveniences, they couldn't do it. Today, almost everyone can find time to reach spiritual levels. Now, you commute to work, and it's the commuting community, you have all kinds of possibilities on the, on the LIRR, you can have a Zafiomi, you can have your MP3s, and your all different tapes, and you, everyone knows the tricks. And you, thank God, belong to a wonderful community with wonderful Rabbanim who can teach you Torah. So we have the combination of the spiritual and the physical. What could be better? What could be better? Why are so many people not happy? Let me begin by offering a new translation of the words Merov Ko. The classical translation is an abundance of good. Perhaps one could offer a different translation which explains why some of us are not as happy as we should be. Perhaps Rov Kol literally means a majority of everything. You know in our language the word Rov means a majority. What the Pasuk is teaching therefore is that nobody can have everything that he wants, that he dreams about, that he aspires towards. Impossible. Can't have everything. Impossible. Not in the physical world, and not even in the spiritual world. You can't. And what's required of us by the Torah is to serve Hashem with joy, and with song, and with goodness of heart. Merov kol. Thanking Hashem for the majority of that which you would wish even though you're missing a minority. You'd like this, you don't have it. doesn't make a difference. You have what Hashem has given you, what He's blessed you with. This itself should inspire you and lead you to a tremendous level of simcha. We should not focus on that which we do not have. Indeed, as I'm sure you're familiar, reading on Perkei Avos, Ezehu Oshir HaSameach Bechelko Someone who is happy with his portion. With his portion. He's not looking at somebody else's portion. If he looks at someone else's portion and sees that the other person's portion is greater than his own, he's not going to be happy. He's going to be jealous. He's going to be unhappy. And therefore, these are some of the sources of unhappiness in our community. One, you don't have everything which you want, even if you're not looking at anybody else. You know what you want, objectively. You don't have everything. That's point one. Point two, you have whatever you need, but someone else has something which you cannot have or don't have. These can undermine the natural level of simcha which is built into a person. After all, HaKadosh Baruch created us as we read in Kohelis, Yashar, straight. And we know from a different pasuk, Uli Yishrei Lev, Simcha. So if Hashem created us Yashar, and Uli Yishrei Lev, Simcha, the natural state of mind should be happiness. But as the Pasuk in Kohelis goes on, the Hema Bikshu Chishvonos Rabim, they have all kinds of calculations. 
why I need more of this and I don't have this and he has it and she has it and I don't have it and it's these cheshvonos rabbin which unfortunately make us instead of straight to be crooked and therefore we lose our, our innate sense of joy which, with which we are born and it's precisely this idea of an individual being sameach bechelko and knowing what is his and what is not his that is so critical to lead us to the proper level of Simcha. We know Rashi quotes in Parshas Shemos. In Parshas Shemos is this remarkable conversation between Hashem and Moshe Rabbeinu. And Moshe refuses time and time and time again for a whole week. Doesn't want to be the person to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt. And finally the secret is given out Shlach give it to someone who you normally send it to. Who's that? Aaron. Moshe is sensitive. What sensitivity? Can you imagine this? Hashem is appointing to be the number one person in the whole world. My older brother, he was serving in a capacity of leadership. I'm afraid if I take it away, he'll, some of his feelings are going to be hurt. I don't want to do it. So what does Hashem tell him? Do it. Don't worry about it. As you go back to Mitzrayim, Aaron will meet you. Hine. That's how the phrase begins. Hine. Behold. He's coming to greet you. Viroacha, and he'll see you. Visamach belibo, he'll be happy in his heart. Says Rashi, Ein hine ela lashem simcha. The word hine, behold, means an expression of simcha, of joy. Where else is this found? Says Rashi, in Parshas Korach. In the Parsha of Korach, Hashem, after the whole discussion of the fight between Korach and Aaron and Moshe, he tells them. Hine tells Aaron, Behold, I'm giving you Mishmeres Trumosai. And Chazal comment there, Hine is Lashon Simcha. What's the connection between Moshe and Aaron and Parshat Shmos and Aaron and Moshe and Korach and Parshat Korach? What does Hine mean? What does it mean? Why is Hine Lashon Simcha? So perhaps we can understand this based on what we'll call the colloquial usage of the expression Hine. Anyone who's been in Eretz Troll say, you know, they don't, call it, they don't say Hine, they say Hine. Ine, ine. That's, how they, that's how they always point. And what does it mean? Behold. What does it mean behold? That's, that's a hard word to translate also. What hine means, I believe, is, as they say in, again in modern Hebrew, zeh zeh. This is it. This is it. What do you mean it? What does it mean? It, in our context, means this is your portion. How can Aaron have the gvuras and nefesh? Can you imagine? Just imagine. You're in a top position and someone else takes over. It's bad enough. Once your younger brother, your younger brother's taken over for you in, in, in the number one position. We know about sibling dynamics and rivalries. The most natural thing would be to have some kind of rancor or jealousy or some negative emotion about it. No. Hine who yotzeh the kwasecha varocha of believer. You know why? Because Aaron Cohen understood very well that it all came from Hashem. He was made by Hashem to be in a position of leadership for a certain amount of time and now it's being taken away given to the younger brother okay I had what I had when I had it and now Hashem is taking it to give it to someone else I'm fine with that I'm Samech Bechelki my Chel was to be the leader until now and now someone else is taking over that's fine but that requires a very strong internalization of this principle of Samech Bechelka doesn't just happen by itself this has to be worked on you need to be someone of the greatness of, of Aaron Akoin. 
And it's remarkable that Aaron is exactly the opposite of Korach. Because Korach, what led to his downfall? His jealousy. His jealousy. As Rashi says in Parshas Korach, he had so many things. He was wealthy. He had p- p- positions. But he saw his cousins had more than he had. He wanted what they had. And so he led it to an entire dispute which was horrific, which led to the, the, the death of, of innocence. He didn't have this concept of Sameach Bechelko. And therefore, Aaron and Korach are one the opposite of the other. And when HaKadosh Baruch was now giving presents to Aaron HaKohen after the destruction of Korach, he uses the word Hine. Behold, because you, Aaron, have this midah of being satisfied with your portion of Sameach Bechelko of Hine, I give you back this gift of the Hine. Whereas Korach was the opposite. He was always trying to get more things than he had, and he was uh, destroyed. And what's remarkable is we find the word Hine in yet another context. We now think that Aaron gave away his leadership position to Moshe Rabbeinu. But it's not so simple. Because Chazal Kamat on that very postage in Parashat Shmos, Aaron Achicha HaLevi, that Aaron was supposed to be the Levi, and Moshe was supposed to be the Kohen, the Kohen Gadol. And as a matter of fact, for one week, Moshe Rabbeinu served as the Kohen Gadol. And after the week was over, the Shemini Lemiluim, Hashem said to Moshe, your term is over. A very short term as Kohen Gadol lasted for one week. And who's getting it now? Aaron. And who's going to anoint Aaron? You. You, Moshe Rabbeinu. You, the person from whom I'm stripping the position of Kohen Gadol, I'm asking you to confer it upon your brother. So what does he do? He takes the Shemen and pours it on, on Aaron. As the Apostle says in Tehillim, Kishemen hatov alarosh that the oil which falls on the beard, the beard of Aaron. So the Chazal and the Medvish comment, what, why is the word beard used twice? Chazakon Zakan Aaron. Did Aaron have two beards? Yes, the Chazal. means to tell you that when Moshe was pouring the oil on Aaron's beard, in effect, he was so happy. He was giving away his own position of Kohen Gadol. He was so happy, he felt as if it was pouring on his own beard. Hence, Hazakan Zakan Aaron. As if it was him. What was, what was this? Reciprocation. When Aaron gave up the leadership to Moshe, Virach of Asama and now that Moshe is giving up his Kuna Gadola to Aaron, once again, Hazakan Zakan, as if it is. And Hazal comment on this following, what's the possible for Hazakan Zakan Aaron? Hine Matovu Manoim. Sheves Achim Gam Yachad. Who are these two brothers? Moshe and Aaron. And what's the first word of the Pasuk? Hine. Behold. Moshe says, oh, for one week, I had the position of Kohen Gadol. Hashem gave it to me. I was very happy doing it. Now he's taking it away. Taking it away. It's not mine anymore. I'm very happy. Easy to mouth this, to say it, but to internalize it. That the Torah is giving Adus. That Aaron was Samech Belibo. We said before, it's internally, not just making nice on the outside. And he felt as if it was his own beard. He was, had no rancor whatsoever. This is the level of Achim, like Moshe and Aaron, who fulfill the Hine, who know exactly what's theirs and what's not theirs. We see, therefore, the importance of this recognition of Samech Bechelko in order to be able to reach the level of happiness. And as a matter of fact, if you look in the Turkey Ovos, how do we know that Ezo Asher Samech V'chelko, as it says, Yigiyah Kapecha Kisochel Ashrecha V'tov Lach. 
that a person is working hard, gets his own portion, and he's happy. What that means is, the guy next to him, maybe on that same train, the guy sitting next to him, is making twice as much money. So the typical person is going to be jealous. No. I work my hours. Well, it's not fair. He works fewer hours than me, makes more money than I do. It's not fair. No, that, that, makes, that leads to someone who's being unhappy. Unhappiness. Happiness is, it's mine, it's mine. It's not mine, it's not mine. And what's the next pasuk? Hine. Behold, so is blessed the person who is Yerei Hashem, who fears God, who knows whatever is his, is his, comes from Hashem, what's not his, is not his. He can be a Samech Bechelko. He works, and he, he, whatever Parnosia that Chadash Baruch gives to him, and he's happy with that. And the truth is, it's not just in, in physical matters. As we mentioned before, Simcha requires two components. It requires the tov and requires the lave. It requires the physical and requires the spiritual. Even in spiritual pursuits, as we said before, what we're discussing in terms of Moshe of Aaron, spiritual leadership. We're discussing earlier in terms of the generalities of our community, physical. That's what the mission of us refers primarily to the physical. The is a to physical labor. You're working in the field. And now in the office. It's true on both levels. You have to be happy with your portion, not only in the physical world, but in the spiritual world. You know, I learned the dafyomi, and I forget it two days later. This guy, he walks in late, he leaves early, he's, he's, he looks like he's staring out of space, and next week he knows the Gemara by heart. Ah, that's also not fair. The answer is, Hashem made him with his talents, you with your talents. You have to maximize your own, whatever they are in, in the spiritual world, and not in any way be jealous of someone else who has different abilities than you have. This is a critical prerequisite, if you will, for what we call simcha. You have to be happy with what you have. Don't look at what you don't have, and don't look at what someone else has. Those are recipes to be unhappy. We are discussing a, a, the upcoming holiday of Shavuos with the Bikurim, with the Torah, and we have the word Hine, all teaching us exactly the same lesson. The lesson of being happy with your portion, and thereby not falling prey to the, to the American system of the rat race. That's, it's in our blood, because we're Americans. The rat race. New Yorkers. I'm told that other parts of the country is not that way. Long Island is still part of New York, I'm afraid. Uh, maybe not as much as, as where I come from. I'm, I'm close to Manhattan. But uh, this, this, this rat race mentality gives us this, this you know, I'm always looking over my shoulder. Is he passing me? However, compared to him and then her and this and that. You know, and this is, uh, we have to be very careful of these things. Very careful. And it's, it's um, speaking to men and women, uh, and in women's issues, there are some specific issues. The Vilna Gaon was very concerned about his, the, the, the women of his family going to shul on shops because he was afraid, among other things, that there'd be this kind of a competition in terms of the, of the clothes. You know, who's wearing what? Who's this, that? You know, maybe they'll discuss like, what kind of shape are you wearing? I don't know what the... I don't know which way they're going to go on that. But uh, we, shouldn't be, we shouldn't be jealous of someone else's looks. This is a bad thing. How, how my house looks, how my car looks, how my appearance looks, this, that's terrible. That leads to someone being unhappy. We have to, this, is the, this is who I am. We should be, we should be thankful to what for Hashem has blessed us. He's blessed us berove cold. Where the, most of us have the majority of what we need. Not everything. 
and the, and the challenge is to be happy, they're all cold. Even though they're missing, they're missing something. The truth to tell, though, in order to be able to reach a, a higher level of, of simcha, it's not enough to just be happy yourself. As a matter of fact, if we read in the parsha which discusses the Yom Tov of Shavuos coming up, and we're going to read it on the last day of the second day of Shavuos, we read about the fact that I'm not only happy myself, but I'm making others happy. And others fit into two categories. Members of my family, your wife, your son, your daughter, but it also refers to others who are not, others who are disadvantaged. We're talking about the Levi, the Ger, the Yosem of Almona. That's, that's the context of the Pesach, in the holiday of Shavuot of the You have to be happy. Chazal comments, you make those four happy, I'll make your four happy. There's a, a Kodesh who pays you back for making others happy. It goes in two levels. First, you have to be, share your happiness with members of the family. And then, you have to share your happiness with those who, who need your help, who are not as fortunate as you are. This is very, very critical. Someone who is privileged to be, to be married, this is a recipe for happiness. It should be. It should be. The Gemara says in Mesech Yavamas, someone who's sorry below Isha is sorry below Simcha. A man without a wife is not happy. Why is that? Why? Because he doesn't have someone with whom he can share so intimately and so closely all that he's been given. Happiness is sharing. If you have something which makes you personally happy, but you can't tell anybody about it, you can't share with anybody, so then you really don't feel happy. Now that's, uh, I don't want to tell too many jokes, but the joke is told about some, uh, uh, I think it was a reform rabbi who went golfing on Yom Kippur and he got a hole in one but he couldn't tell anybody because I, I, so it took away his hole I don't know what hole in one means I never know what hole in one means exactly but it must like a, happens once in a, a lifetime but he, he couldn't tell anybody so he, it killed his whole happiness so you don't have to be <laughs> you don't have to be able to appreciate the joke fully to understand that you, you, you your, your joy is enhanced when you share with others the ultimate simcha of the regalim of Yom Tif is to come together with Klal Yisrael. As a matter of fact, it's a halacha. The halacha tells us that the mitzvah of simcha on Yom Tif is called an essay de rabim. It is a positive commandment of the community and it pushes aside the essay de yachad of mourning of an individual who loses a relative. And Rashi, the, the authentic Rashi are not on that Gemara Mo'ed Cotton comments, what does it mean, Eseh de Rabim? doesn't just mean because I'm happy, you're happy, you know, every Jew has to be happy in his own living room and dining room, as opposed to an Avelis that's only in one person's house. doesn't mean that. Eseh de Rabim means Ali Alarego. Because you come together with everybody, with large multitudes of people. And that's how you experience a, a, a tremendous uh, feeling and sensation of joy. And Simcha as the Mepharshim explained, it's from Lashon Tzmicha. The Samach, the Sin, and the uh, Tzadi are related. You have to constantly be growing. And a person who experiences this, you're happy with what you have, you want to grow more. Obviously, we like to think that our growth is going to be in a spiritual vein. They were always supposed to be, try to ask for more. Harachev Picha Vamaleyu. Open your mouth in, in spiritual matters. You want more. And HaKadosh Baruch will, will fill it with your needs. We try not to be asking for too much, more than we really need in the physical world. All this requires 
Shira. And that's why as we're ready to experience the, the holiday of Shavuos, let us remind ourselves, every person in his own home, to sing. It's so critical to sing. You have to sing at your table. It's not enough to have divrei Torah. Torah is important. You have to sing literally. You have to sing with a loud voice, and especially on holidays. Shouldn't wait. Don't wait for it. You can do it on Shabbos too. But especially on holidays, we have to experience this joy through singing and singing in the shul, singing in the home. One of the Gedoli Yisrael commented that his son didn't follow his particular lifestyle because at this Shabbos table he didn't sing Zemiris. He was too busy learning. Always time he said, Tzaddik, always talking and learning. He didn't sing enough Zemiris. So his son, who wasn't on that high level, instead of being, uh, we'll say, at a lesser level, but the same derrick of his father, just went on a different path. Because the father said, I didn't sing enough Zemiris. Had I sung more Zemiris at the Shabbos table, things would have been different. So, it's certainly a lesson for us that we're not such big masmidim, not such big gaonim, that we have to sing at our, at our Shabbos, especially our Yom Tov table, make it a, a highlight of the year for our, for our children. And this is critical. Be tuvlev. If you have the physical blessing, you have the spiritual blessing, it's such an important thing to recognize that we have to be happy. This is as far as our families are concerned. And unfortunately, if there's not happiness in the home, you find so many dysfunctional families. The modern psychologists are saying that many of the problems that we see today because the children are simply not happy. And then they turn to alternative forms of pursuit of happiness, such as drugs and other substance abuse. That, make, that gives them a high. That gives them a high. On both sides. We have to be, what they say, high on Torah. We have to be high on, on, on our, our, our innate spirituality. There's no need to, to look for, for artificial means to, to bring us to these high levels, a person should recognize and realize how much simcha he really should experience. And it has to be sincere. You can't bluff your children. That's the clown. That every psychologist and everyone who's, who has any experience sees. You have to be, really mean it. The children peel away all the, all the outside facades. They know deep down, is, is daddy or mommy, are they happy or not happy? If they're happy, then the children will very likely grow up happy. If they see that the parents are jealous of others, and they're bad-mouthing this one at the table and that one, and there's nothing, no one's good enough. So they grow up with a sense of unhappiness by osmosis. And then they want to be happy. They look for artificial means, Rahman al-Islam. This is critical in our own homes, in our own tables, in our own Shabbos, our own Yontif, in our day-to-day, to, to demonstrate and really experience an inner sense of happiness so it can, be, it can exude outward so our children should pick it up. And a person who's has no children in the house, and that they haven't been blessed with children, or, the, or their children are already married, and it's, and it's a spousal unit, the husband and wife only. The Rambam writes, believe it or not, that a married man is not allowed to be sad. That's what he says. And Hilchas Ishus, not allowed to be sad. When you were a boch, you wanted to be sad. No. It's not a good idea, but it's not, a, it's not nothing wrong with it. But about once a person is married, right, they're low year, unsafe. Why? Because If you walk in after a day in the office, you had a tough day, you walk in like this. So as your wife says, uh, well, what's that? How are you doing? So, you know, why you, why you, just because your boss berated you, or you lost money, or whatever it is, you lost your main customer. Why is it your wife's fault? You have to somehow, you know, before you knock on the door, you know, just like this. Okay, put it all away, all the, all the baggage. Hi, honey, how are you? Now, 
That's a shtickle bluff, okay. Because <laughs> you really feel bad about what happened that day at work. But you have no right to dump it on her. By the way, it doesn't say that about a wife. It doesn't say, she, doesn't say that. She, she's allowed to cry to her husband. That's, that's the impl- impl- implication of the Rambam. Women have different emotions, different makeup. And we, we can't expect of someone what he or she cannot do. But a husband, apparently, according to the Rambam, is able to rise above it and reach a level of, of in effect, constant simcha, at least outwardly, in his relationship with, with, with his spouse. I'd like to conclude by reaching the last point, which is sharing the simcha with those who are not in the house. And this is also based upon the Rambam, not in the laws of Yom Tov proper, but in the laws of Purim, the laws of the Megillah. The Rambam writes at the very end of Hilchus Megillah, a person should increase matanas levyonim, more than the basic need, rather than increase in his private meal, in his suda, in the shalach manas. And he explains why. She'ein sham simcha gedola umufa'ara. There is no greater, more splendid joy. Those, exactly those four. The glad in the hearts of the poor, of the orphan, of the widows, of the strangers. Why? Amram explains why. One who gladdens the hearts of these unfortunates. is like God Himself. About whom it is said, Hashem revives the spirit of the lowly. And revives the heart of the crushed. If we help someone who needs our help, someone beyond the family, someone who needs whatever help we can possibly give him or her, whether it be physical help, literally money, whether it means inviting someone to your Shabbos table, not necessarily the, the, the socialites who's your best friend who lives across the street who has everything he needs because just well eat at his own table. But someone who has nowhere really to go, someone who's by himself, a widow, a widower, someone who's lost a parent, someone who's a stranger in the community. Exactly the same examples that there are, and there are many more in our society. If you do that, you are comparable to the Shekhinah, like Hashem himself. Sounds quite bold that a human being can conduct himself in a manner that's like the Shekhinah, like Hashem himself. Of what does the Imam speak? So perhaps he means as follows. One who experiences physical joy, the Suda Purim is the particular case, but we also took this close to the Suda of Shavuos and every Shabbos and every day even, by definition is limited. Because what you imbibe is limited to your body. Your body is limited. You can have so much meat, so much wine. After that, yeah, it comes up. You just can't hold it in. Limited. So the simcha is limited. There's almost, only so much ice cream. You love ice cream. There's only so much you can have. And after you just can't have anymore. So it's limited. It could be a wonderful simcha. We're not, we're not knocking it. But it's by definition limited. However, this type of simcha, of gladding the heart of someone else, is unlimited. There's no limit to how much a person can do in terms of helping another. You can't ever be satiated. I either had enough there always are people who need your help of different types of help and you can always do it. And why is that? Because as we read in Kohelas, 
Hanefesh loti mole. The soul is never satiated. The body is, but the soul is never. No matter how much joy the soul experiences, and the soul experiences this joy by helping others, it's never full. You know why? Because we believe that our soul is a chelik elokami mal. It's somehow a portion of God in heaven. A very small portion. But as we know from our arithmetic classes, the smallest portion of infinity is still infinity. And if the Rabbanu Shalom is infinite, and an hour in the Shema, there's something, some spark of the divine, Hanefesh Lotimole, it can never be satiated. And therefore, one who gladdens the hearts of others is Domel Shechina. In that sense, it's compared to HaKadosh Baruch Hu himself. And therefore, Eilach HaSimcha Gidola Umefo'ara. Gidola means great, perhaps we could say great quantitatively. You just keep doing it and doing it and doing helping someone else and someone else and someone else. Mifu'ara means splendid. Even the one act of gladdening the heart of someone who is, who is down is greater than the act of the meat and wine that we do to fulfill the midst of Simchas Yom Tov. So to end the way we began, yes, we are here in the pursuit of happiness. We're about to celebrate a Yom Tov of Shavuos, the commemorating the anniversary of Matan Torah, when the Torah was given to us. Hashem gave us the Torah so that we could be happy. It's a tremendous mitzvah to be happy, not only on Yom Tov, but all the time. And the mitzvah of happiness ultimately is a recognition that our lives are governed by HaKadosh Baruch Hu through the laws of the Torah and through our belief in Hashkach HaPratah, HaKadosh Baruch Hu governing all that transpires in our lives. It's my tefillah and a bracha that we will be able to successfully pursue happiness. And if we successfully pursue happiness and express it to Hashem in service of Him, then the flip side is true. If the tochacha comes, because when we have the rove called, the majority of what we need, and we're not serving Hashem, we're not experiencing proper joy, then the opposite is also true. If we do experience the proper joy, when HaKadosh Baruch Hu has blessed us, He will send us the opposite of the klala. He'll send us the bracha, and we hope soon the ultimate bracha of Binyabes and Nikdash from here of Yomeinu Amin.